The Democrats think they have a way to get rid of Joe Biden. They're just going to replace him when he's not home. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. And I'm so glad you chose to join me today. You know, <laughs> I don't. there's something to be said about a lack of, uh, I don't know, a lack of tact or, you know, just not even really blatantly caring what anybody thinks about the optics of your of your situation. The Democrats, as we know, because we've seen poll after poll where 94 percent of Democrats under the age of 30 don't want Joe Biden. Sixty six percent of Democrats don't want Joe Biden. Nobody wants Joe Biden to run again. They don't like what he's doing as a as a president, um, let alone the fact that he's old as the hills. And that they don't think that he can beat anybody on the Republican ticket. They don't think he can beat Donald Trump. They don't think he could beat Ron DeSantis or anyone else who steps up to the plate and is able to get the uh, nomination in 2024. So the Democrats are petrified that they're going to lose all their power. They know they're going to lose the House and probably the Senate this November. And then, you know, the, the, la the last thing they can hang on to is the presidency because, well, the Supreme Court is fairly conservative and will be for a very, very long time. They're unable to pack it. None of the uh, conservative justices seem anywhere near retirement age, nor will they retire while Joe Biden is president. So unless the uh, Democrats can, you know, can can talk to Clinton's people and get something else done, they're stuck with six conservatives, well, five conservatives and John Roberts um, on the court. So they, 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 you know, they're looking for ways to get rid of Joe Biden, but I don't even think they want to wait to 2024. When Joe Biden was in, uh, when he left yesterday, he's still in the Middle East. He's going to the, he went to Israel and the West Bank. Uh, he's going to Saudi Arabia. As soon as Joe Biden left town, I mean, think, listen to what happened. This is crazy. As soon as Joe Biden left town the other day, as soon as he left Washington, the White House got a visitor. And that visitor was not there to see Joe Biden because, as we stated, Joe Biden was not there. And that visitor was California Governor Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is a younger, uh, better looking, more energetic, and far more socialist leader than Joe Biden. He's also somebody who has been recalled in his own state, barely survived, and now thinks, well, you know what? Even though most of the people in my own state don't want me to be around, uh, why don't I why don't I take a why don't I then take a run at the White House? And he is one of the presidential hopefuls, if you will, if you will, offer 2024 on the Democrat side. Sure, there's talk of Hillary Clinton. Yes, people are always throwing around Kamala and Pete Buttigieg. Neither of them have a uh, have a snowball's chance anywhere. And then, you know, you also hear rumblings of Michelle Obama. But Gavin Newsom is a guy from a large state who is charismatic, who they believe could continue their their long tradition of um, their long tradition of of identity politics that he doesn't really have any substantial pro-america stances in fact all of his stances are anti-american he's the same guy that made everybody stay at home and mask up and and not go to work while he was partying down and and going out for you know wine chats with his friends getting busted because i guess he forgets about the internet and cell phones and and whatnot but he went to the white house they just blatantly invited him in he wasn't there to see joe biden because joe biden wasn't there and he took photos and there were vid there was video released showed up. I don't know if he was like measuring for drapes or trying to figure out where he was going to put his um, where he was going to put his collection of hair gel when and if he was able to uh, win the presidency and move into the White House. But that's that's an interesting tact. Uh, you, you typically you wait until an election year to start trotting out new candidates. But it seems like the Democrats are already throwing the idea out there. Um of Gavin Newsom 
of Gavin Newsom touring. And I don't know what Joe Biden said. I don't even know if Joe Biden knows. Let's be honest. He's halfway around the world. And even when he is in Washington, D.C., I don't think he knows what goes on in his own house. I don't think he knows what goes on uh, in his own Oval Office. Ron Klain, I imagine, is still there. Probably took some meetings with Gavin Newsom. We don't know if they snuck Barack Obama back in to take some meetings with Gavin Newsom. I imagine somebody's going to be asking Corinne Jean-Pierre, hey, why was Gavin Newsom the governor of, of California here at the White House if the president wasn't? You would think that you would, uh, if you were the governor of a state as big and as important as California, you would go to the White House when the president was there. That is, of course, unless you wanted to like sit in his chair and kick your feet up on his desk and kind of get a feel for the place without getting caught. And I think that's what's going on. I Now, I don't know if you're going to see other uh, hopefuls on the Democrat Party start making their way toward the White House because there are other people, you know, don't count Beto O'Rourke out. He's going to lose the. Oh, he's going to burn me. Plus. My phone's going off. He's going to lose the governorship, uh, the his governor's race again in Texas. And he, he, the best thing Beto O'Rourke does is lose races. Um, he's not very good at winning anything. So he's running for governor. He's going to lose that one. And then I imagine he's going to probably throw his big old cowboy hat in the ring again for president, because why not? Elizabeth Warren, she'll be back. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, as we said before, all of these same folks from the first time around are going to be coming back for the Democrats. And if Joe Biden is off the ticket, it's going to be a free-for-all. We had, what, 10 or 11 of them? Uh, Michael Bloomberg jumped in, you may remember, last time around. If if Joe Biden gets booted off of the ticket, it, there's no clear it's not like there's a vice presidential candidate that can step right in. Kamala Harris is not the kind of person that's going to step right into that job. It's, it's, it's really an interesting scenario. You have a, a president who we probably believe now will not run because he doesn't have the backing of his own party and he's old as dirt. And you have a vice president who is not the, the first or the natural choice to succeed him. I mean, you want to talk about the? This is what happens, by the way, when you play identity politics. If you had real politicians, if you had real people with a real world experience and ideas and leadership, no problem. You know, no problem. And I mean, Donald Trump was a great president. If Donald Trump didn't run again or step down or whatever, Mike Pence probably would have been a guy that you think about. Now that is all, you know, that's all down the drain for other reasons. But uh, but the Democrats have really dug themselves a hole with not just one bad leader, but two. And now they're trying to scramble around to find somebody to replace him, uh, probably before he even leaves. Now, Joe Biden is in Saudi Arabia with a thankless task of trying to get them to drill for more oil, produce more oil and cut off Russia. None of those things are going to happen, by the way, because the Saudis don't give a you know what. I mean, they they kill Washington Post reporters. <laughs> they, they don't and they don't even right in front of the cameras. They don't even turn off the security cameras when they commit murder. They're just like, ah, come on in the front door and never leave. And um, and Joe Biden thinks he can get some work done with them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, something else going on, which I want to bring up probably later on on the show today, is the uh, these Supreme Court justices who are still being terrorized at their homes. I mean, these these protesters, these anti-abortion protesters, these these women and, and I guess men who are upset about Roe v. Wade, they're still protesting outside of Kavanaugh's home. I mean, look, the verdict has come down. The verdict has come down. It's been handed out. There's you know, it's over. The, it's a done deal. You if you wanted to protest, you probably should have protested before, which I know they did. But uh, but now it's done. It's 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 not going to be undone at all. Um, yet the protesters still show up. I don't think they're I don't think they're trying to kill these people anymore. Although what do I know? Um, but finally, when the in the wake of 
or I guess because of a lack of justice from the Justice Department, Merrick Garland has not uh, done anything at all to quell these protesters outside the Supreme. I mean, it's, it's against the law to go and try to intimidate Supreme Court justices. It's against the law to go out of their homes and try to kill them. He's done nothing at all to help. Joe Biden has been actively uh, encouraging protesters to go to these people's homes and disturb the peace and, and you know, the round-the-clock protection that our Supreme Court justices have had to receive from police is, you know, un, it's it shouldn't happen that way. These are people who were uh, chosen for a job and they're doing their job to the best of their ability. They shouldn't have to be harassed like this. Well, Montgomery County, Maryland finally took one step toward helping the justices, but it's not what you would think. They're not arresting these protesters. They're not telling them, to, telling them to go away. They're not saying you're breaking the law. You're intimidating, you know, government officials. Not, none of that. They're enforcing a disturbing the peace law. So yesterday, Mon Montgomery County, Maryland, which is where a lot of these justices live in Chevy Chase, John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh, uh, the protesters were told that there are noise complaints by neighbors. So they can protest, but they have to protest quietly, which means they can still have the signs and the blood spattered pants and they can walk up and down in front of these people's homes. But the bullhorns have to go and there cannot be yelling at all. Uh, now, keep in mind, these protests are 100% illegal. They're meant to intimidate Republicans. They're meant to intimidate the Supreme Court justices. The Democrats should not allow these. The Justice Department, which is supposed to also be a, um, a partisan, a nonpartisan organization, should be investigating, should be investigating any and all politicians and media outlets that support and encourage people to go protest outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. The people that are passing out the maps should be prosecuted. Um, you know, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and anyone else who says, yeah, let's go do that. That's fine. Corinne Jean-Pierre, even Jen Psaki back in her day was like, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's uh, their, it's their right to do so. It's not. But um, when the Democrats are in charge, Democrat protesters can do with, do whatever they want and get away with whatever they want. And, uh, and now the police are finally like, look, at least you got to be quiet. So if you're driving by Brett Kavanaugh's house, if you're driving by John Roberts house, you'll still see crazy people. You just won't hear them, apparently. That's the, uh, that's the Democrats' answer to illegal protests.